time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much for the life you've given to us. You are so good to us, allowing us to live in a place where we can worship you with all our heart and our mind, our soul, our spirit, and our sexuality. Lord Jesus, you are so good. Thank you for giving us the, giving us the gift of sexuality in your image. Thank you for the day we live to be pure lights to a generation that is getting more impure by the day. We bless you for your life. Let our eyes see, our hearts see, and know your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I wanted to, uh, I mean, are you guys having a good time so far in desperation? I mean, Jesus Christ loves to be here. And I'm so glad you're here because, you know, the devil's really scared of your generation. You are the most powerful generation ever in church history. You have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, incredible churches, incredible youth pastors. And yet the world is getting sicker and sicker sexually by the day. Don't you agree? I mean, you have no idea. When I was your age, I mean, you had to go with, like, steal pornography. Now it's on your cell phones, on your computers. It's everywhere you want to go. And so I want to ask you to forgive the generation that's before you and the generation before that because we've given you the most defiled generation sexually ever in church history. And that's the truth. Nowhere has Christians ever had to fight this battle daily like you have to fight. But what I know about fighting is the more you fight, the stronger you get. The, more you, the stronger you get, the more you win. The more you win, the more the devil just doesn't like you. Amen? So I want you to be someone the devil doesn't like. Amen? I mean, he's not scared about those nominal Christians, but you get a serious, sexually pure, spirit-filled, vibrant young man or woman of God and set them in a trajectory for 50 to 60 years, they can change the world. That's who you are. Yeah, give yourself a hand. Now, I'm Dr. Doug Weiss, and I'm a psychologist and a counselor and author and and all that, and uh, I have an office here in Colorado Springs. People fly from all over the country and the world to come visit me and my team. One of our counselors, Brian's back there. If you guys have questions for Brian afterwards, after we're done with the book stuff, you can uh, talk to him. And it's exciting what God can do. When I was your age, I wasn't sexually pure. I didn't know Jesus Christ at all. I would have been a user or a player or whatever you would call that guy. And I was defiled, I was hurt, I was full of guilt and shame and fear and self-hatred. But I can tell you, Jesus Christ came into my life and set me free. And over the course of knowing him, yeah, amen, over the course of knowing him, he sent me to Bible school and seminary. I've been on Oprah, Dr. Phil, Good Morning America, 2020, you name it. We've had a movie made about our practice. Jesus Christ will take your life and put it in front of the world. I mean, Playboy calls me for an interview on sexual purity. I've been on Playboy radio talking to them about purity. It's like, wow, right? So the world will come to you if you follow him. Amen? Now... I want to I tell you, though, sex is made for a specific purpose. I mean, how many of you, I mean, you're out here, how many of you are in Tent City? They're not letting you do fires this year, are they? No, that's probably a good thing. But, but if you have fire and it's just randomly out there, I mean, fire can be dangerous, right? I mean, it can burn acres. We see it here in Colorado all the time. Hundreds of acres gone, all right? So fire uncontained is very dangerous, but fire contained is a fireplace, 
keeps you warm. You can do the marshmallow thing and all that, right? It's cool. That's sex. Sex is powerful. But the container is marriage. And as long as it's in that container, sex can be powerful. Outside of that container, it's pure destruction. Somebody say amen. amen. So what the devil wants to do is get your sex so that you can destroy yourself. Right? How many of you know that the devil would like you to have your sex and destroy your life? Yep. How many of you know your peers in school would like to take some of your sex and it doesn't matter? How many of you know God would like to have your sex? Oh, you guys are quiet. All right. We have to stir it up a little bit. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I want to show you why this battle is so amped up. It's on TV, magazines. I mean, it's everywhere. It wasn't like this when I was a kid. It is worse now than ever before in world history, and there's a reason. The devil's after something, and it doesn't have to do with sex, but sex is the way he gets to get it. So I want to show you why this battle is going on in your life, why this battle is just uh, taken off. In um, Revelation chapter 2, okay, I'm going to read some scripture. Now, if it's ready, who's talking? Only six people know that? All right, okay. Glad some of you are going to church. All right. So, but it's Jesus talking. Now, if we're in the book of Revelations, is this before or after he died? After he died. After you die for someone, do you have a little different attitude? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I died for you, man. Right? And so, this is Jesus, the Son of God. This is not the lamb. This is the lion. And it's good to know the difference between those two, okay? Because he is the lion forever, amen? Amen. Okay, so the lion's talking here, and he says to this church, um, and it's a good church. He starts off, these words are are, uh, of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. He's saying, good job, church. There's a lot of good things about you. Nevertheless, which means like, but... It's like when your mom says, that's a really good job, but, right? Okay, so you got to pay attention. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate. Everyone say the word tolerate. tolerate. See, God is patient, but he's not tolerant. Understand the difference. God is patient, but there are certain things that tick him off, and it's always ticked him off and always will tick him off, and that will never change because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So if you find something that ticked them off a long time ago, you can bet it ticks them off today. Amen? Okay, well, this is ticking them off. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. So this is a local woman in a local church professing to be a Christian, and she's probably teaching like adult Sunday school class or something like that. And she's got to be in a full gospel church because a lot of churches don't have prophetesses. Okay? So she's a prophetess. By her teaching, she misleads my servants who would be who? Yeah, you. It'd be the church. She's teaching church, okay? Lead my servants into sexual morality and the, food, and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. She's basically saying it's okay to be a Christian and look at pornography. Be sexual with yourself. Be sexual with someone else. Cheat on your wife. Cheat on your husband. Do whatever you want sexually and be saved. She was teaching that in church. Do you think that's a good idea? No, no, it's not a good idea. We're going to see what happens to her. Okay. All right, so I have given her time to repent of her immorality because he is patient. 
But she is unwilling. Now, here's what I know. I've been following the Lord now for 30 years. Okay, here's what I know about him. Unwilling is not the best idea. Okay, here you are, here God is, right? You're walking in agreement. Now, you become unwilling in some area of your life, and so you start walking away. And so that increases the arc in which he's going to whack you with to get you to line up to him. Right? Like, if you were the smart kid in your family, you always sat behind your dad. Right? Because if you sat in the middle, bang, I told you to be quiet. Right? So that arc is really important. So you don't want to become unwilling, especially in this area. Okay? So she was unwilling to repent of her morality. So I will cast her. Everyone say, I will. Now, if God says, I will, will he? Sometime? Every time. Okay, so I will cast her on a bed of suffering. How many of you think that sounds like fun? See, the devil has to guess how to hurt you. God don't need to guess. He knows what's important to you, and he knows how to hurt you. Trust me, I've been hurt. Okay, he knows how to hurt you. So we don't want to go that route. Okay, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Now you think about who's saying this. This isn't some Old Testament prophet who's having a bad day. This is Jesus. This isn't even Jesus in his human state, walking around sweating and and having all the things that we got to deal with. This is Jesus in a heavenly place, glorified body. They just said his, his feet are like bronze. He's glorious. And he's God. And he says, I'm going to kill her kids. Because she's being immoral and she's teaching immorality in my house. Now, do you think if God's going to start killing kids, he's pretty pissed? Sorry if that was inappropriate. I didn't mean to be. But he's ticked, isn't he? See, God has feelings. And he's got some feelings about sex when it's outside of marriage. And it's good to know what he thinks and feels. Because he's a person. He's not an it. He's a person. He's a personality. And this is not one of his better moments because he's really unhappy with this woman. Right? So I'm going to kill her kids. Then all the churches will know I'm he who searches the hearts, the minds, and will pay each according to, to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold her teaching, because there's lots of good people in church who weren't doing this, and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets. Now wait a minute. I thought Jezebel was teaching this lesson. No. You being taught that you can be sexual, sexual is the devil's teaching. The devil's at your school. The devil's in your sex health class. The devil's in your television. It's on your phone. Is he not? He's in some of your secular magazines, yes? Saying, it's okay to do this. You should try that. How many of you have had a sexual message maybe in the last week that you've heard from some form of media? Almost all of you. And it's going to get worse. Okay? So these people did not fall for these deep secrets. I will not impose any other burden on you. Only hold on to what you have until I come. I read all of this painful scripture to read you one verse, and it's this verse. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end. I will. Everyone say, I will. I will will give authority over the nations. I will give you authority over nations. Not a city, not a state, not the United States, but multiple nations. If you will stay sexually pure, that is your DNA as a believer. Somebody say amen. 
Maybe your mind's too small to think that God wants to give you nations. When I was your age, I thought it was too small. If someone would have told me at 17, God's going to give you nations, I would have thought, well, that's really interesting. I've been all over the world. I've been on television that goes in 50 to 80 nations at a time. I've traveled everywhere I go, no matter where in the world, men and women get saved, set free, delivered, their marriages healed. I know God has given me the nations, okay? But see, I haven't been sexually impure for many, many decades. So your sexual purity now will dictate to you how far you can go sometimes. Are you all getting this? How many of you, you cry out, you're over there worshiping with David in the group, and you're doing this thing, Jesus, give us the world, save the world, heal the world, deliver the world. How many? That's pathetic. How many? Come on. Now, what if I told you, you got to get out of that backseat of the car, you got to shut off your internet, and you got to stop playing with things that you know you shouldn't be playing with to have that happen, and the world's depending only on you. Now, what I'm talking about can change your life because God's always looking for one who will do what he says. I don't care what your friends do, okay? That guy's not going to be cute for 50 years. That girl's going to get really not, she's not going to stay that way, okay? It's not worth it, okay? See, God wants you to get an understanding that your sexuality and your destiny they're connected. See, what the devil's after isn't your sex. He's after your destiny. He's after you changing China, Japan, Taiwan, or, 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 or Europe, or maybe Alabama. Maybe some of you can just change your city, you'd be fine. Okay, but that's what the devil's after. So when some guy, he's sitting on you, starting to stick his tongue in his mouth, hey, baby, wait a minute, back off. What's wrong, what's wrong? You're too small. You're too small for me, man. What do you mean? I'm for China. I'm for Europe. I'm for South America. I'm not for your little tongue. <laughs> Guys, you got it bad, too. You got those girls coming up and giving you that hug and all that. Hey, baby, you're too small for me. What do you mean I'm too small? You're too small for me. <laughs> I'm called to change the world. Those are too small. Get them off me. See, what will happen is if you start thinking bigger, you'll attract people who think bigger. You think small, and you'll wonder why those little small people are around you. <laughs> Just food for thought. Right. Let's go to Romans for a moment. Y'all having fun? All right, good. I'm proud of you. I'm proud that you want to come out on a day like this, and you want to talk about sexual purity because it's important to you, and God wants you to know He's proud of you. Now, God wants your sex too. In Romans, therefore I urge you, brothers, and I would say brothers or sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. Now, do you think that includes your sex organs? No. Just think. Is your sex organ connected to your body? Double check. <laughs> Don't lose it. It's important later. Okay. All right, just making sure you're clear. See, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. See, as Christians, especially contemporary Christians, we think worship is how high we can jump and shout the name of Jesus, and that's all wonderful. And you should shout, and you should roar, because you're the tribe of Judah. But you want to worship God, you keep yourself sexually pure, because that's what he's, that is worship. 
Do you know what I'm saying? So it's totally okay if some guy or some girl is starting to fondle you or mess with you to slap them right upside the head. Say, what'd you do that for? Because I'm worshiping God. I'm worshiping God. See, that's what Joseph knew. There's lots of people in the Bible who know how to worship God with their body. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? Good, because see, if your body is holy, God will pour his spirit on you, and you'll be able to do miracles and set people free, unlike anything you've ever seen in the world. If you're bored and you want to sit around and watch television, video games, just go heal somebody. Get somebody saved. I mean, that's better than seeing how high your score is on some game that doesn't matter. Oh, that was a weak amen. Amen. Well, that's a whole other day. We'll deal with that another day. Okay, now, now, I want to give you a scripture, 1 Corinthians 6.18. Now, I know that I'm only going to spend a little time with you, but I brought a few things here. And um, uh, sex, now, everything's going to be cheaper here than you'll ever see it ever in my career, okay? Because I know you don't have a lot of money, okay? <laughs> okay? So, instead of this book being, this is Sex, Men, and God, this is for, for men to read. This is a great book on sexuality, cover, covers great detail on some things that we can't get into with women present, okay? So, instead of it being $15, it's 5 Okay. All right. Now, and they'll be back there at the table and just, you know, and there's some other things you do. Now, Born for War is about two hours plus from me talking to young men about being sexually pure and a DVD for their parents. Okay, that's usually $40. It's 10 Okay. Now, princes take longer than frogs. Ladies, you need to know what a frog is and what a prince is. A prince is totally different than a frog, and both of them can be Christians. Okay. There are a lot of, there's some loser men that are Christians. You want to know early what a frog is, and so there's about two hours of me talking to you, so get this for your, your girlfriends at home, and it'll change their life. It's only $10. It's usually 40 as well. So those are back there at the end, so I just want to mention those as well. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 6.18. I, I want to share with you something that was really confusing to me for a while. It says this, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside of his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Now, why? Why is that different? See, I got two degrees in Bible, and I would go to my professors and say, you know, prof, what's up with this? Like, I thought all sins were supposed to be equal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, why is this different? Well, and they they could never explain it to me. Now, that's frustrating when you get two degrees and they can't answer one question, right? So then I became also a counselor and, and got into psychology, and I write journal articles as well as books, and and I was doing a lot of research on sex in the brain. And then it clicked. I finally understood this verse. See, what happens when you have a sexual encounter with yourself or with anybody else, okay, what happens is you get these chemicals released in your brain, okay? These are called endorphins and uh, enkephalins. These are endogenous opiates, which means your body creates them, which is about four times stronger than morphine, okay? So, boom, your brain gets this big rush, wow, right? <laughs> It is the big burrito for the brain. I mean, talk about like a brain freeze. Multiply that out, okay? And so what happens, though, is really important. Whatever you're looking at, real or imaginary, this is why pornography is so powerfully dangerous and lethal. Our fantasy about people, okay? You literally glue to, hunger for, crave, and want again. Okay, maybe you've had this in class. Ring the bell, feed the dog. Or ring the bell, feed the dog. Ring the bell, feed the dog. And you begin conditioning yourself to lust, sin, and death. See, we're all a seed, okay? I mean, we're all dirt. Lust is a seed. 
When that lust seed gets planted, you will grow. So unless you're, you're doing something proactively to stop that. So that's why the enemy wants you to have, uh, have pornography on your cell phone. That's why they have it on your computer. So that you can start having these fantasies and thoughts and desires for things that are going to hurt you, guaranteed. Uh, people fly from all over the country to see me. We work with a lot with sexual addiction. And almost all of them started at your age. Because they didn't know. See, you are going to be so much more informed than most of your peers. Okay, which can be awesome if you actually apply it. Amen? <laughs> Now, now, girls, let me tell you how this thing works, okay? So how many, how many of you girls like to attract the sickest guy in school? He's going to use you, hurt you, lie to you, cheat on you. Okay, right? See, here's all you got to do, girls. See, the, the sick guys are, are masturbating and doing pornography on a regular basis. They're not telling you. They're all cool and buff. They're not telling you. It's a bomb in their brain, okay? So what they're attracted to is someone who's showing off their breast and showing off their butt and walking around doing that. <laughs> and all you got to do is that, and you're going to attract the sickest guy in the room. Yeah, you'll get a little attention, but it's not the attention you're going to want because he's going to try to use you sexually guaranteed because he sees you as an object, not as a soul, not as a daughter of God, not as a person. He doesn't care about your feelings, your future, or anything in your life. He cares about him. So here's the way you should know before you go out. Stand in front of the mirror, okay, and then raise your hands, and then praise the Lord a little bit. <laughs> and if you can see the shape of your breast, change your clothes. Okay? So that's just a little test. But I can tell you, in my office, I have met hundreds of women who were Christian girls, and the sick guy is what got them, and their lives were destroyed. I could fill the stage with the tears of those women. I'm not telling you because I'm in some way mean or mean spirit towards you. I want you not to be in pain. Okay? Now, let's go through some examples of people who've been successful and, and maybe who have not been. Okay, how about Joseph? You think he was successful? He was, yeah. See, he ran from that, 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 little, that little Potiphar's wife girl. She was probably sleeping with almost every slave in the house except Joseph. And Joe was hot. Don't doubt it. Little Jewish boy, ripped abs, black hair. He's probably hot. <laughs> Smart, ran everything, knew, knew a lot, a lot going on. So she saw him as an object and she was going to use him. Because, see, the devil will try to seduce you to reduce you. And, see, what Joseph didn't know was his future was to be the second most powerful man on the globe. He was going to be like the vice president of the United States. Okay, this woman was coming at him to destroy that from happening. And millions of people's lives would have been destroyed had he not been in place when God needed him to be in place. Do you see what I'm saying? Sex and destiny. Sex and destiny. Okay, and because he didn't give it up, <laughs> Joseph got to have a lot of fun. Now, Daniel. Daniel didn't give it up either. And Daniel was one of the most powerful people in the world at that time. I'm trying to show you sex and destiny and influence are connected. How many of you are glad that Jesus didn't give it up? Hallelujah! I'm sure there were some Jewish girls who had a, had a thing for Jesus. Right? I mean, here he is. He's, he's probably somewhat attractive. I'm not sure he wasn't ugly or anything. We know he's built like a, like a horse, man, because he was a carpenter before power tools. Man, I mean, he was strong. He had a successful business. So he was a businessman. 
He had a lot going on for him. There's some girls trying to hit him. Hey, I would like to have his baby. <laughs> Let him take care of me, right? No, Jesus didn't give it up because he saw she was too small for him. He was called to save the world. And he never flinched from that. Because he knew his sexuality and his destiny were connected. Had he fallen, we'd all be fallen. And sometimes you've got to realize your fall isn't about you. It's about who you're going to meet five years from now. And whether you're going to be there for them or not. Okay, I don't say sexually pure now because, uh, just for fun, I stay because God wants me to continue to follow destiny because there's people that I'm going to meet. He's going to touch their lives and change them forever. Aren't we glad Mary didn't give it up? Hallelujah. Okay. Now, Mary was about your age. She was cute. You know, godly, good girl, right? And I'm sure she could have given it up, and then God would have what? Chose somebody else. God would have had to choose somebody else. That's how important that sex was. And thank God she was able to be chosen. Esther. My, my daughter's in the room. Her name's Hadassah Esther. And everyone say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Hadassah. Okay, yesterday was her birthday. She's 17 and sexually pure, and I love her. And my son's in here, and he's 16 and pure, and I love them. I love him. Now, but see, Esther, Esther was beautiful. She won a beauty contest. She was like Miss America. So she had to be somewhat hot. She was smart. Okay? But she didn't give up her sex. And because of that, she became the most powerful woman of the world at that time. Are you getting this, girls? Men, you getting this? Okay, now let's talk about some people who didn't quite make it. How about Samson, the strongest man ever? Sex destroyed him. So you can go in gym, guys, and get all buff and ripped and, you know, do all that stuff. And if you're sexually impure, God may just pass on some things on your life. All that time in the gym won't matter. She's not worth it. All the guys say, not worth it. Not worth it. And you say, baby, you're not worth it. What do you mean not worth it? You're not worth it. <laughs> Go find some other loser. <laughs> they get offended and they'll leave you alone after that too. Okay? <laughs> Solomon, the wisest man in the Bible under Jesus, at the end of his life, he forfeited so much because he was uh, sleeping with foreign women and building temples to foreign gods. He missed it. This was a loss. And how many of you know a pastor or a politician? I mean, I mean, we had Wienergate here just a few weeks ago. And all that kind of, I mean, crazy politicians and pastors. This church knows more than anything. Sex took out our pastor, who was one of the most influential pastors in the world, not just, not in, just in America. Sex took him out. Okay? And I love Ted. And I'm praying to God, just bless him, encourage him. But it took him out. I had to go through all that. We had to go through that as a church. Millions of people were affected. Do you see what I'm saying? Sex and destiny. Say amen if you get it. Amen. All right, good. Because if you're, poor, if you're pure, <laughs> it can be powerful. And I can tell you what, it's not, that, it's not that complicated. It's really not. If I said to each one of you, if you're sexually pure the day you get married, I will give you $5 million. I'll hand you a check, $5 million, it's cat, you can have it. How many of you think you could figure it out between now and then? Oh, we got some dumb people. There's, there are some dumb people in the room. Okay, how many of you think if I would give you $5 million, you could figure it out how to be sexually pure between now and marriage? $5 million. Okay, so, well, there's a few more bright people. Praise God. 
IQ just went up a little bit. Okay, so see, it's not a matter of if you can. It's a matter if you want to. And if you can do it for $5 million, you can certainly do it to change the world. See, it's what you love. See, when you love something, you can figure it out. <laughs> and you might love that $5 million, but I can tell you, you love Jesus more. He will he'll bless you more than that. It's an awesome testimony. And I realize there's, there's lots of things between now and then that you're going to have to say no to to be able to get yes. Now, the guys, let's talk to you for a second, okay, about dating and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, we've got to go through that process, okay? Now, the primary, the primary objective, guys, for dating is to protect the girl from you. You're a raging hormone mess. Okay? So what you want to do is you want to set it up so that you're protecting her. Okay? Because if you protect her, that'll make Jesus really happy. Because Jesus is her father. It's her father. So you don't want to mess with God's daughter. I can tell you, you mess with a daughter, you're really in trouble. God will spank you. Mm. So it's okay to have accountability for your dating. And girls, it's okay to ask for the guy who, who, who's going to be accountable while we're dating. Pick some couple in your church that you can be accountable to every couple weeks and get accountable while you're dating. Okay, that can really help you. But you've got to protect them from you. Okay? And I can tell you, sometimes, you know, it's everyone, oh, everyone's doing all this kind of stuff. It's not true. Actually, virginity is kind of on the rise, which is really cool. But I can tell you, you can be that person that someone remembers. Okay, I don't remember the people I, I was sexual with or inappropriate with. I don't. And you're not going to either. Okay, so why bother? But I can tell you the one person I do remember. Her name was Elsa. Now, Elsa was a really born-again, on-fire believer in Jesus Christ. And she was a cheerleader. And, or no, she was a track person. And, I mean, she was just gorgeous. Okay? And for whatever reason, she went out with me. Okay? Which was fine, but I was not a Christian. But she, we had these things called albums back then. They were like about this big. They were black, and you put them on a thing called a record player. And they played music. It was weird. And so, but she would, she would have me listen to, like, Christian music before Christian music was even popular. And she would talk to me about these things, and I'm like, you know, whatever. We, just, we never really got there. But I can tell you, she never gave it up. And because of that, I remember her. So if you want to be remembered, remember you're the girl who said no or the guy who said no. They'll remember that. They won't remember 90% of the S's. Okay? So it's very, very, very important. Now, I want to walk you through something because you're going you're gonna, <laughs> to be successful, it takes a certain amount of navigation, okay, through this because it's really uh, quite an interesting battle. The first thing you have to do is commit to the process. See, if you've never had that prayer well, you said, God, I give you, my, I give you my sex organs. I give them to you. They're yours. They're not mine. They're not mine to play with. They're yours. And they're my future spouses. Okay? See, if you haven't committed to that process, you're vulnerable. See, if you don't commit to something, you know, like, like my son's on football team. He's committed. I mean, he's working out all summer. He's committed. And because he's committed to the, to the football team, he's committed to his workout several times a week. He's committed. Okay, when you make a commitment, then your behavior follows that way. And see, some of us in this room, you may have not ever thought, well, I never really thought about making a commitment about my sex. I never thought about that. Hmm, I should pray about that. Yes, you should. Tonight, today. 
Find yourself in some little spot and say, Jesus, it's yours. All of it. It's yours. Can somebody say amen? amen? Because if you don't commit, you're less likely to be successful. Secondly, being accountable. Okay, find a youth pastor or, or uh, someone you can be accountable, even a peer if you can trust them. Be accountable about pornography, masturbation, kissing, fondling, whatever you're doing. Get accountable. See, so many Christians are trapped in this, in this dilemma. They do something inappropriate and they feel shame. And so they go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, forgive me. And they confess their sins and he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. And you are forgiven, you're as white as snow. Don't worry, white as snow. But you can be forgiven, but not healed. See, to be healed, that's James 5, 16. If we confess our faults, not our strengths, our weaknesses to another, another brother or sister in the Lord, then we can be healed. And the prayers of a righteous person availeth much. Let me give you that scripture in reverse. Okay? Like in reverse, if you, you know, scripture talks about tithing. If you tithe, you're blessed, right? And if you don't tithe, you're cursed. Okay? In the same way, if you don't confess your faults one to another, here's the way that scripture reads. If Doug doesn't confess his sins, otherwise keeps a secret, okay, he's guaranteed not to be healed, and his prayers won't hit the ceiling. How many want to walk in that light? But see, if I confess my faults one to another, I can be healed. My prayers can reach heaven. Amen? And so the enemy's going to tell you, no, don't tell anybody. Don't t- no, tell somebody. Tell somebody so that you can be free and stay free. Okay? And let me say, girls, let me say one thing to you girls. And I can tell you, this comes from a place of me hearing this story hundreds of times by women. Okay? I want to tell you something that you really need to listen to. If this is all you get today, it's worth it. Never lie about where you are. Never lie about where you are. Because a guy who asks you to lie about where you are is going to rape you. Because he knows you can't tell. Because you just told your parents something else. Okay? And a man who asks you to lie is not worthy of your time. Okay? So if some guy asks you, hey, tell your parents that you're going to Susie's house, you say, you know what? As a matter of fact, I am, I, I'm going to call my mom right now. Hey, mom, Joe wants me to lie to you to tell you that I'm going to Susie's house because he probably wants to hurt me. What do you think about that? <laughs> and you know Joe's mom is going to get a phone call because Joe's a perpetrator. And he's raped other girls like that. Okay? So don't be unwise in that area. Please, it'll break my heart if you don't follow that advice. Okay? Now, the next thing to be successful, you got to have boundaries. Now, I'm going to cover this sheet with you a little bit, but this sheet's free back there on the table. Just go back and get it later so you don't have to, like, think through this with me. You can just go grab one. Uh, that we might run out, and if we do, you can just send me an email, and I'll get you one of these. Okay? Now, this is a timeline for boundaries in dating. Okay? Now, the first column is a list of behaviors. The second column is how long I need to be in a relationship to do this. And then the third column is what do I think God thinks? So what does God think? So let's go through a few and just let's play. Okay? Holding hands. How long do you hold hands with someone you're thinking about dating or you're dating? A day, a week, a moment, a microsecond? A oh. month? Okay, that'd be fair, whatever. Okay, but then you say, okay, what does God think? How about hugging, the side hug? All right, you think that's pretty quick? Okay. How about the front hug? And girls, don't ever do this, that thing. That's wrong. That's wrong. Okay. 
but the front hug, what, two weeks, a month, whatever, okay? But see, you, write, you actually sit down, you go through each one of these. You go through each one. How about laying next to each other, but you got your clothes on? Ten years. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you get married before then. But yeah, you don't think about that. And then what happens is mom and, you know, her mom and dad are upstairs and you guys are downstairs. You're laying next to you, you got your clothes on and, you know, it, it could be a free-for-all, okay? And so you want to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, this is not, we got 45 days left before we can do this one. Okay? And see, once you decide what it is, then when someone wants to date you, you go over this with them. Say, this is the map, buddy. Okay? And you just got to let them know, you ain't feeling your way to a destination. The map's already been made. Okay? A lot of Christians have accidents because they don't have maps. Okay? Now, how about a kiss on the cheek? Some months, weeks, two months, all right, whatever. Okay. How about the kiss on the lips? Marriage would be great, yeah. Okay. All right. How about... Uh, how about the French kiss? You know, where you, the tongue's going in and it's kind of, oh, it's going for the tonsil, baby. You hit that thing, there's a surprise at the end of that deal. All right, so. But see, that's, that's putting the key in the engine. Right there, you're turning the other person on intentionally. You're intentionally causing sexual arousal in that person. So how long until you have the right to sexually arouse your brother or sister? Well, that would be ideal. But see, you got to figure it out. And then what you do is say, God, am I right? Is this right? See what he thinks. Okay, how about being caressed in public? You know, kind of all that and huggy and all that. Okay, genital touch. Okay, how long until someone starts getting into your pants or your bra? How much until you start doing things in those areas? It should be marriage. But see, if you don't think and commit to this, you'll have accidents. And then you'll have pain and shame. Some of you already have that. And you feel bad about that. Don't worry about that. The blood's stronger than your, your, your mistakes. Okay? But what can happen is if you don't have a plan, your plan is to fail. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, I have a plan to be successful in life. And if I don't work it, uh, I can fail. So you got to have boundaries. Okay? And definitely part of that is when, when you have this, and when you have the boundaries, you can then be accountable to somebody. You can say, hey, uh, either a spiritual couple or a mom and dad or whoever, hey, here's my boundaries. What do you think? Okay, so here's the way this works. So you're sitting at Starbucks or Kiva or some cute place like that, and you're all cute, and this other cute person comes over there, and they say, hey, baby, uh, what's your name? And you start talking. Well, hey, let me get your number so I can text you or call you because you guys don't talk anymore. You, you push buttons. But, you know, you call. You say, well, I'll tell you what. Here, let me give you a phone number, and you write down the phone number, and you put Carol and Bob. I said, well, who's Carol and Bob? That's who you have to talk to before you can talk to me. And see, if Carol and Bob think you're okay, then I can talk to you and I can give you my real number. But if you're too much of a coward to meet with them, you're not the kind of guy I want to know. And I can tell you what, 99% of the wolves will leave you alone. They're looking for easy, dumb girls who give out their numbers for no reason. Okay? They want easy prey. They're not looking for strong women who are protected because they, they know that's not easy. And girl, guy, the same thing. Girl wants, hey, you think I'm all cute? Yeah, you want to give me your number? Yeah, here, Bob and Carol, talk to them. Why? 
Because they're going to decide if you're, if you're really the kind of woman I should be talking to. I don't decide that. I've committed my life to Christ, and I've committed this decision to them. <laughs> I just made some youth pastors really busy. But I can tell you what, if you'll be accountable, it will change your life. And I can have so many testimonies that have come in off of some of the princes and frogs and born for where, the, where young people and college students have actually started doing that. And they, are, they have been safe from that. I, I'll tell you a true story. It happened in this auditorium. I was talking to the mill, which is our 20-somethings. So several years ago. And I gave him that same principle. And some girl took it to heart. Because she's had some pain and she said, I'm, I'm doing this. And so this guy, cute guy, starts talking to her, and um, he says, well, I'd like, to, I'd like to go out with you, but before you do that, would you mind meeting with Bob and Carol? She said, as soon as he said that, I knew he was the one. <laughs> See, guys, this is sexy. What I'm talking about right now is sexy, baby. It'll make you good looking. You don't got to work out. Okay? But see, what happened is she knew that man will protect her. Because he's taken the first step to protect her from him. They're married now. <laughs> you know, they're married and happy and go to church and praise the Lord and, and, and all because of that. Because if he had said, hey, baby, Scott, she'd have been like, mm, loser. <laughs> okay, so that can, it'll make you the different person in your, in your, in your, in your school and church. Okay, now... Um, Let's walk through this. I want to walk through a couple of things because I do know and I do realize I'm a counselor. And I've listened to people who have made mistakes. Lots of them. Okay? And some of you have done that. You've made mistakes. Whether it's porn or inappropriate behavior with others or stuff you're doing with yourself or secrets of some kind. Maybe you've been abused and no one, you never told anybody. I get that. That mistake's not yours, by the way. That's the perpetrator's. You're not responsible for that. Okay, But I can tell you, what happens is you can begin to doubt that God can use you. I'm proof that he can. I made lots of mistakes. But there's something I had to come to believe, and I'm going to share that with you because some of you need to believe it. Okay, see, that, that cross was for a reason. Because when that, first, when that first drip of blood went down Jesus' body, went down his leg and off his toe, and it hit the ground, well... That blood was more powerful than any of my sin. My present, past, or future. That blood is more powerful than all the sin in your city, all the sin in your state, all the sin in the United States, all the sin of all the nations, all the sin of all the nations of all time are not equal to the blood of Jesus Christ. So if you're thinking that you don't know if God loves you, he loves you, he died. Now, that blood, doesn't matter if you've had intercourse or sex or oral or hand or whatever. It doesn't matter. The blood is stronger than your past. Amen? And so you can believe in the blood or you can believe in your sin. I believe in the blood and believing in the blood has set me free. Hallelujah. Okay? So anytime the devil gets you talking about your sin, you just say, well, that's covered by the blood, man. The blood is stronger than you, devil. Okay, so we need to address a couple of things. Okay, so wanna, let's close our eyes for a moment. The first and most important thing we've got to address, because some of you, you come here with your friends and 
maybe you've never been to something like this before, and you've heard a lot about Jesus, and you see a lot of excitement about him, but you're like, I don't really know him. I want to know him. And so I'm giving you an opportunity. If you really want to know Jesus as Lord of your life, you want to give him your life. Now, some of you have said your prayer, you, you accept him, that's fine. I'm talking to the person you've never said, Jesus, come into my heart. But right now, your heart's thumping like really fast, like if you're running. That's the Holy Spirit of God saying, I want in. If you want to let Jesus Christ into your life, I'm not going to embarrass you. All I want you to do is lift your hand and say, that's me. And that's all I'm going to ask you to do. Just raise your hand straight up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. About 15 to 18, maybe 20 of you. Four, five, okay, put your hand down. Let's all stand up for a moment. I want us to, I want us to pray all of us to pray because there's about 20 to 25 people in this room who need to say this prayer out loud right now. And I don't want them to be embarrassed, so you say it as loud as you can, so they're not. Everyone say, Jesus, Jesus. forgive me of my sins. sins. Come into my life. life. Be my Lord. Be my my Savior. Savior. I give you all of me. me. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. 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 Give them a hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, if, if that's you, and you've come with a youth pastor, you talk to him right away and say, I gave my heart to Christ. He'll know what to do, get you in the Bible, get you in the Word, or go out to the desperation desk and say, I gave my life to Jesus. What do I need to do? They'll give you a Bible or something. Now, we're not done. We've got two more minutes. Next thing I want you to do, close your eyes again. There are some of you that you need, you need Jesus to forgive something. And it doesn't have to be about sex. But it may be. I'm not going to embarrass you anything other than just raise your hand. That's me. I want something. I deal with that. Raise it. Raise it all over the house. Okay. Let's just pray together. Say, Jesus, I accept your blood as full payment for my mistakes and my past. I will remember them no more. Just like you don't remember them. No more. Now, one more thing. How many of you, this is your time to say, Jesus, I'm giving you my sex stuff, my, my stuff. Let's just raise your hand if that's you. Okay, let's pray one more time. Yeah, amen, yeah, amen. Say, Jesus, Jesus. my body, my, body. My, sex. my sex, 100%, 100%. Yours. yours forever. forever. Amen. amen. You guys are awesome. Hallelujah! All right. Now, if you want any of the, of the sheets or the... Oh, also, uh, Brian's back there. And if you're a youth pastor, meet with Brian because he's got a, a phone group for teenage boys who are struggling with porn and stuff like that. You can call in for free. There's a sheet back there on that as well. So make sure you see him about that. God bless you guys. Have a good day. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did. Because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.